It is Thursday, January 25th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL. And Michigan searches for their new man. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Jim Harbaugh to the L.A. Chargers. Never a doubt, A.J. Uh, The NFL is the Vegas lead. Obviously, we're going to get into what went down in the NBA uh, last night and preview what's coming up for tonight in both hoops and hockey. But really, the focus is the NFL Championship Sunday. We're getting closer and closer. But before we get to some updated stuff with the games this weekend, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh, who leaves Michigan, is back in the NFL, the new head coach of the L.A. Chargers. You got to be happy for your boy, Herbs. Yeah, I I mean, I think this is a good thing for him. Uh, I I think Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. He's certainly a better coach than Brandon Staley. Uh, (laughs) So it can only be up from here. But, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, we talked about this, like, Jim Harbaugh wouldn't have taken all these different interviews if he wasn't leaving Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like it, it would have just been a bad look and he'd, he would be recruiting and things like he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish at Michigan. And now he's moving on. I wonder if he'd be doing this had Michigan lost in the national championship game. But I don't know. I, but I, I think now he feels like he can leave on good terms. He, they're going to build a statue for him at Michigan now. Yep. Like, I mean, there's nobody who's going to go that damn Harbaugh. Like the dude, he brought you a title. The Michigan fan is happy. They're mm-hmm. bummed. They're losing him, I'm sure. But he's going to leave there a hero, and now he gets to go back to the NFL, where I think he just prefers to be anyway. I just think it was the perfect storm for him because we talk about the suspensions and everything that he went through this season. And the idea was, I mean, how many times do we joke about him and relating it to Pete Carroll, right, leaving yep. USC? We're like, oh, well, he's just going to dip out. And Water's to, getting hot. Go to the NFL with all this drama and possible more suspensions and sanctions and whatever. He's going to the NFL. But the the fact that he finished the season winning a national championship, well, now it's an easy jump to the NFL because you're right. I've accomplished everything I need to accomplish, and now I can move on. And then Michigan can deal with any type of sanctions that occur. That's Uh, that's their problem, (laughs) man. That's their problem. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but we're now seeing reports that Sharon Moore is the focus of their coaching search, and I think that that's been the plan all along, that the way that he coached the team, during Harbaugh's suspension, the way that the players rallied around them, I, I don't think Harbaugh would have taken all these meetings and and flirted with the NFL or flirted with the idea of going to the NFL unless Michigan had a succession plan in place, and I think they've always had it in place for Sharon Moore to be the next head coach. I, yeah, I generally agree with you. Uh, that said, I, I've also heard them maybe being interested in guys like Brian Kelly, uh, or Urban Meyer, like maybe need to make a big splash higher, um, which, listen, truth be told, this hurts Michigan in the short term, certainly. Uh, there's already going to be names saying, up, oh, Harbaugh's out, I'm hitting the transfer portal. Hmm. Um, Although players do love this guy. I mean, we've already seen a bunch of players take to social media and say, no need to search. Like, we got our guy. Like um, uh, Zach Zinter, All-American offensive lineman, called him, Papa Moore. It's Papa Moore's time, he said. 
it's just rare for guys to have their first head coaching job at a school like Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like typically you you work somewhere and and you know you work your way up to a place like Michigan. This is a it's a big first job and dude's 37 years old. I don't want to say it's it feels like he's being set up for failure if that's the case, but it doesn't feel like he's being set up for great success either. And I think we can look at uh, sort of a a similar hire would be Marcus Freeman, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess there's probably different thoughts on if Marcus Freeman's had a successful run at Notre Dame so far. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, he's 19 and eight in over three seasons or two two plus seasons. Um, I don't know how thrilled Notre Dame is about that, but again, it, it's. You, when you don't, when you haven't built up this success or this this record of hey, I want it this place, I want it this place. When this is your first gig, it just seems like there's a lot of weight to that. So uh, I'm not saying Sharon Moore can't do the job. I'm just saying, man, it just feels like a it's a it's a big jump. All right, so Harbaugh back in the NFL, taking over the Chargers. He's got the quarterback already. They have a decent draft pick. Do the Chargers bounce back next season, make the playoffs? Oh, they play in a tough division, too. Uh, I Here's what I, I believe. I, 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 the Chiefs are still ahead of them, obviously. The Chiefs have the better quarterback and the, and the better coach. But in this division, I mean, I, I think you can make an argument Harbaugh is in the same class as, as Sean Payton. I mean, like Sean Payton has a Super Bowl, Harbaugh doesn't. But um, And you can argue that the Chargers have the better quarterback situation right now. I, I think that they are certainly primed to take a big jump. Playoffs might be a stretch. Although, listen, you know what? Everybody thought they were going to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. But there's I think there is going to be some pretty big uh, roster overhaul this offseason. So I think I'm going to say I'm going to project it takes two years for him to get to the playoffs. Chargers currently 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl for next season. Uh, yeah, they'll throw that out the window. <laughs> I, I had no interest in that. Uh, I will say for Michigan – Michigan was at least yesterday minus one and a half, or they were plus one and a half against Texas uh, on a game of the year line. I, I, I can't imagine that Michigan early season is going to be better than they are now. Like I, they're losing a bunch of players for starters, sure. but I, I mean uh, an off season that's just different. And again, there some guys are going to stay. Some guys are excited about Sean Moore staying. Which, by the way, we don't even know if he's staying. Yeah. So if imagine if they don't hire him, there's even more guys leaving. Mm-hmm. So I, there is going to be an exodus of players one way or the other. I, I think that fading uh, Michigan early in the season is a good idea right now. I, I think most people thought there would be Mich- Michigan would fall back to the pack a little bit. I mean, quarterbacks leaving, there's a lot going on. Uh, but with Harbaugh leaving, I certainly think that Michigan takes a step back. And that probably means – if you want to bet futures, maybe look at an Ohio State future, uh, mm-hmm. something like that. I would say Penn State, but James Franklin will just leave you sad. So elsewhere in the <laughs> NFL, yeah, he does. Elsewhere in the NFL coaching news, Vic Fangio is out as the Dolphins' defensive coordinator. This was uh, mutually agreed upon. This and was it sounds not a like firing. it actually was mutually agreed yes, upon. This was not, not just a like- firing, uh, and it's not because Fangio doesn't want to work. It's because Fangio wants to work somewhere else. And the reports are that he is going to be the next Eagles 
defensive coordinator, which is a massive hire for the Philadelphia Eagles. But the the, the reports are saying that uh, Fangio expressed desire to be closer to his family, which is in Pennsylvania. Yep. And so working, you know, with the Eagles would mean that he's closer to home. And it certainly fills a massive void by, you know, that the, for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. My curiosity is like, okay, okay so the Dolphins – did like a nice thing here, but like they had him on their contract. Why, why couldn't they just like get any compensation or something for him? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's odd. Uh, but again, I mean, he hasn't been officially hired by the yeah. Eagles either. And we talked, we talked yesterday about, you know, what, what kind of coaches the, the Eagles were looking for. And while, you know, the, the head coaching experience uh, is not great for Fangio, uh, this is a guy who's been a, a – I mean, he's highly regarded as yep. a coordinator. He was the assistant coach of the year a couple years back. Um, and, and just because he had a, a failed run in Denver, I, I think he's he's well regarded as, like, one of the top defensive minds in football. So I, I think this is a good hire for the Eagles. This is, a, this is one of the guys that you can hire, and if the Eagles – if if the Eagles stink on defense again, the, the, the Sirianni can't say, well, it's his fault because this guy's got skins on the wall everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, it's like, okay, well, now we know that you're a problem. And, and Fangio did work with the Eagles last season as a consultant, as a consultant yeah. for a couple of weeks during the playoffs to get them ready. For I remember that. So has a relationship uh, with that organization. And uh, I think it's a, it's a slam dunk hire if that, in fact, becomes official. So what happens to the Denver Broncos now? We a lot of people talked about the, the, the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, excuse me, yep. the Miami Dolphins. A lot of people talked about an uptick for them defensively this season when they brought in Fangio. What happens to them now? This is a, a defense that was a mess, let's face mm-hmm. it, before he got there. It, they at least got to respectability uh in some ways with him there. Do they go back to being a total mess? I guess I mean they have the talent there. It just depends on who they uh, who they hire, uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they. I mean, there's a lot of names out there. We talked about all the names um, that that could possibly get hired as a defensive coordinator. Um, well, Brian Flores would be one list. You'd have, one name you'd have to cross off the list, certainly. I, obviously, <laughs> um, let's see. Is uh, is Raheem Morris still with the Rams? I believe he is because, but I think he's he's also taking interviews because why not? I mean, to put, get Raheem Morris, uh, Joe Barry just got fired by the 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 Packers. Yeah, maybe a team wants to bring well, in Joe we'll Barry. There's a reason he got fired. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see who they hire. I mean, they certainly have the talent. I mean, you, you want to talk about the defense as it improved. A lot of it had to do with Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, uh, Raheem, Raheem Morris uh, most recently interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons to be their head coach. Okay. So he's actually looking at uh, at bigger jobs mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, who knows? It's it certainly – and he he has a history there in Atlanta before. So, uh, yeah, I, I, there's guys out there. There's always guys out there. And if not, you just poach an assistant from a really good defense. Yep. Go go find a uh, – go find the defensive uh, defensive line coach for, for Cleveland and and poach him. Go find the, the, the linebackers co- – or the secondary coach for the Ravens and poach him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you, you can always fall on that route. But, yeah, I, I do think they're going to have to make a serious investment in that because, I mean, it was just night and day after Fangio got there. It went from a total disaster to at least respectability. 
All right, well, let's talk about the practice reports from yesterday, Wednesday, an important day as you get ready for Sunday. Uh, here's what we know so far with the uh, participating teams. Uh, Mark Andrews was a full participant in practice for the Baltimore Ravens. Do we expect Mark Andrews to make his return this weekend? Well, listen, he was a he has a full participant. He was a full participant in practice last week before, yeah, he, yeah, and then right, he yep. didn't play. So who knows how much it means. Uh, but I, I'm assuming that he's going to play. If he was able to, to fully practice a week ago, mm-hmm. and now he's still fully practicing, I assume that he's going to be out there ready to play. Now, do I think he'll be uh, 100% effective? Obviously not. But I, I, I do think they want him out there. More importantly for the Ravens, and I'm not saying Andrews isn't important, but they've been winning without him. More importantly, Marlon Humphrey was a limited participant in practice yesterday, AJ. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey, who's been out since week 17, um, I, I think he's key for, for the Ravens. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a top-end cornerback. Uh, and when you're when you're going up against a team like Kansas City that has pretty limited options, uh, if, if you can have a Marlon Humphrey on a, on a Rashi Rice and then you use you know your linebackers and you use Kyle Hamilton to, to limit Travis Kelsey, now you're really – you know, you're pushing the the Chiefs to beat you in a different way, and that makes things tough on them. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of the Chiefs, Pacheco did not practice, but I don't think there's a concern about him missing the game. He's dealing with a toe injury right now. Yeah, I think it was like a turf toe or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, The assumption is he's going to play, but I think they're going to try and take it easy on him throughout the week. Yeah. It's a tough dude. I mean, I I know he wants to be out there, and I I really think the Chiefs – they kind of need him out there, uh, although I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, he's a guy who I'd look at his props under because mm-hmm. I do think anytime you got a toe injury, um, you're, you're playing in unfamiliar conditions. You're, you're probably not as confident. And, I mean, the Ravens, uh, this defense is legit. And I know Isaiah Pacheco has been a, a breath of fresh air for this Chiefs offense, one of the only positive things about it. But, the, I mean, the Ravens held the Texans to, like, 24 rushing yards, 42 rushing yards. I think it was 42 rushing yards last week. I mean, they are very difficult to move the ball on. Legereus Sneed was a uh, limited participant in practice with dealing with a calf injury. Joe Tooney, though, this did not practice for the Chiefs. Their guard, their very talented guard, it doesn't look like he's going to play, AJ. No, I mean, the guy's got a, a torn peck. Yeah. Uh, and this is a big deal because he is very good uh, again, like at pass blocking. He is the number one graded interior offensive lineman per PFF in pass blocking. Wow. And the Chiefs, as bad as their offense has been, one of the good things that well, I say bad, as bad relative to normal Chiefs offenses, this, this Chiefs, this season has been for the Chiefs. One of the things they've really had going for them is continuity on the offensive line. So losing that, taking out you know an all-pro type player from that offensive line, I think is a big deal. And the Ravens are the kind of team who can get after you with the pass rush, and have and especially if Humphrey's back, have the back end to play man coverage. And that's where I think you can see some problems for Patrick Mahomes. And moving on to the 49ers and the Lions, the most important. Uh, piece of information is that Debo Samuel did not practice once again. I don't think he plays. Yeah, I'm not surprised he didn't practice. I if I if I had to wager now minus one ten, mm-hmm. I, I would say he does play. Okay, but I would say he he plays in a very limited role. What if we um, find out he doesn't practice today again? 
I, I think he still plays. Okay. I think he takes a shot and he gets out there. All right. Um, I, I, I mean, if Debo was a rookie, it'd be one thing, but I think mm-hmm. Debo understands his role in this offense well enough that he doesn't need to practice. Well, to if he plays there. and they put up any props on him, I'm taking the under. I think that's all a smart takes move. Is one hit, one hit, and that shoulder gets roughed up again, and he's out of the game. No, I, I think that's the smart move. Mm-hmm. And if he does get put up, I think you're going to see those props pop up and. I mean, it was like, oh, Debo, like, he's so important. Yeah. I think the the mindset is going to be, well, got to bet him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would caution against it. And, and I think something to think about this weekend, and, and I'll, as I go back to the other game for a second, when you're thinking about these props, and we talked a little bit about props on yesterday morning's show, I, I think you're going to see these numbers rise as the week goes on. So if you like an under, sometimes you can wait on it. And for an example, I want to play Travis Kelsey yardage under, and right now it's at 61 and a half. I think as the public starts to bet on this game, we're going to see that creep up. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is the, you know, he's, he's the second best sa- uh, cover safety in the league per PFF. I, I think he and, you know, th- this linebacking core is, is going to limit Travis Kelsey. I, but why play it at 61 and a half when I know the betting public just says, Taylor Swift's going to be there. <laughs> They're going to throw Travis Kelsey. He, that's the name. That's that's who everybody wants to play overs on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to wait until later in the week and probably wait, maybe even wait until Sunday uh, before I take a stab with, with Travis Kelsey's under. All right, just days away from kickoff of Championship Sunday. Uh, we'll have more on these games coming up tomorrow morning. Joining us this morning on Straight Out of Vegas AM, the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. How you doing, Steve? I am excellent, AJ. We got questions from the listeners. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, first, a question from me, because I've heard a lot of people say this. The books have so much so much exposure to San Francisco to win the, the title that they think there's some sort of uh, value on Detroit because of this. I could see a, a, a value on the money line, perhaps. But there is there a is there a value in the point spread based on what they've got in in exposure to San Francisco to win the Super Bowl? No, because the point spread's so far away from the money line at seven that it wouldn't make any sense for a book to shade their number and possibly get middled. As an example, they're like they're not going to say, "Oh, we can't have any more San Francisco money. Let's make it eight, and so we can just get our teeth kicked in and have San right. Fran win by three. Now it is possible that the money line could be skewed. But frankly, I never believe any of that. It's like the, the, the these folks that say, "Oh, the books are going to lose if a certain team wins." The truth is, no, the books going to win a million if um, the Ravens win, and they're going to win seven hundred thousand if the Forty <laughs> they're win. No win. What. They're going to win no matter what. It's just how much they're going to win. You think you really think that they um, got um, are are, are going to get bamboozled if the Forty ers suddenly? You know, um, go ahead. You think you think that all the public's been loading up on the Niners all year long? You know, at less than attractive odds much of the year. So because of that, I think it might be a lean only. You know, one thing about the books is they don't like teasers, and it's an obvious teaser on San Francisco. So that's one thing where they might look at the money line and say, well, the, my golly, the last thing I'm going to do is give a cheap price on the San Fran money line. So, um, and we've spoken about how you have a seven-point favorite. You're usually better off teasing them than playing the money line anyway. So I w- if there was one bet to avoid – I would much rather find some way to tease San Francisco from seven down to a half, which is the same bet as betting the money line, and not play the minus 325 money line. All right, so a a question from a listener. So right now he's got two open wagers. He wants to know how to best hedge it and for how much. So get your pen and paper ready. Let's go. He has two units 
on the Super Bowl winning seed to be the three seed at plus 700, which in hindsight is pretty good because got both three seeds there. He also has a half unit at plus 5,500 on exact matchup, like name the finalists. Uh, and he's got Kansas City and Detroit. So he's got both of those, like the three seeds. He basically needs a three seed to get there. Obviously, he'd much prefer uh, to, to get both of them. But what are your thoughts on how to hedge out of that or make sure he's profitable in some way? Sure. So it's pretty easy that, I mean, he's got both the dogs, you know, that he, he's got an implied money line bet on those teams, and it's staggered, you know, with them being playing at different times. So in the back of his mind, he can hedge it by playing the favorites on the money line, obviously. And I would selectively just, you know, be looking to, during live wagering, um, to look at any time that you get a cheap price on either one of those teams um, because all the books are going to be dealing the money line during the course of the game. So let's say things go badly early on for Kansas City and Baltimore, you know. Um, Baltimore generally a good first-half team. Like so there's a good what, chance they're behind. Yeah, so let's assume Baltimore hops out in front by seven-point favorite and some books are st- suddenly, you know, start dealing Baltimore minus 360 and one book still has minus Caesars, Caesars Palace has minus 305. This is not unusual. I know that sounds crazy. Well, why would I lay minus 305 when I could have laid minus 180 preflop? Because that's the way we do it, people. Um, if you can get a, a big enough disparity in the live wagering lines and you're seeing your really, really good wager that um, looks like it's suddenly going down in flames and you can get a really disparate line, oftentimes, you know, that's worth taking a shot. Um, and certainly you could just, you know, betting exchanges are awesome. I love betting exchanges. Island games like this, you're going to be able to get Baltimore like minus 180 on a betting exchange, or you can lay 200 against a sports book. And people say, well, there's not that much of a difference between, you know, 180 and 200. Well, I don't know. When I weigh two, when I weigh 200, I'm thin, and when I lay 180, I'm really, I'm really thin. So that's one way to look at the difference between laying minus 180 and laying 200. So there's a lot of people who will say, as we sit here Thursday morning, you can't bet the props. The, the props have already come and gone. Like, do you disagree with that? And what's the best way to approach props as we get later in the week? Oh, I, I disagree. Like, 95% of the money hasn't been bet yet. So if you can identify the good story, and one of the good stories, I think, is Lamar Jackson just ran for 100 yards. And I know it would, we would have liked to have played over 62 rush yards. And now it's 64 and a half, and it looks totally like a square ball play. But you know what? We're going to sure feel stupid if it closes 69, and we're like, oh, we, we chose not to play over 64 and a half. So I would say there's a lot more running and a lot more betting that's going to be done, especially by the public. And so if there's one thing that I've noticed in the past three, five years in playoff prop betting, if there's one prop that everybody bets over, it's quarterback rush yards, as long as it's not you know a completely immobile quarterback. Thanks, Fez. Enjoy the games. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. 
I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try. If you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this, it's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Shocker. In the NBA, AJ, Doc Rivers has agreed to become the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. What? I, no, this is I. No one saw this coming. No way. <laughs> Yesterday we no we, we told you about the news that they uh, Adrian Griffin was fired as the head coach of the Bucks, and there were multiple reports that Doc Rivers was going to be the next head coach, but then it was nothing was confirmed. And uh, well, was that yes. your Patrick Mahomes' voice? Oh. Uh, Another one's confirmed. <laughs> uh, I was like, pretty much like, you know, like, no one was really confirmed that he was going to be the head coach and anything. It was like, like, known. You know, like, you know, like, you know, come on, man. You know, we like try and get, get him the coach. And like, so Doc's really going to be the coach. That's right. I'm going to be the coach of the Bucks. Yeah, Doc's going to be the coach of the Bucks. Like a pretty good coach, you know. Like, I, I'll do this thing with my finger all the time, like, get, get my guys in the huddle and stuff. Yeah, but you are always a winner. I think combining them was maybe too much. Yeah, a little too much. That's all right, too much. Anyway, Doc Rivers will become the next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Last My favorite thing is your impressions. Have you? Have they've left you out of breath now. Yeah, it's, it's all right. But <laughs> it's uh, workout. The, the Bucks did play their first game uh, firing the head coach. And you want to know about the head coach boost, the, the new head coach boost? I guess, did they get two? Did they get the game yesterday, which they won, by the way, 126-116, over the with, Cavaliers. With an interim coach. That's what I'm saying. So That's a cover. So they covered. They won and covered. And with, now they're going to have a new head coach. Exactly. So then Doc's first game, do they get a boost as well? I guess you do. I mean, and I don't double see why boost. Not. Yeah, I double, guess so. Yeah. Double boost. Yeah, honestly, the Bucks should fire Doc Rivers after that game, win or lose, and get another head coach boost <laughs> every week. Just keep doing it. Uh, last night, the Pistons were two-and-a-half-point favorites Unreal. over the Hornets. 
and they won and covered 113-106. What a story, Scott. Yeah, the Pistons now move to 3 and 20 at home on the season, 5 and 39 overall. What congrats. Congrats to the Pistons. <laughs> it's a celebration. Uh, they they the Pistons fans actually celebrated this win like the Lions fans celebrated beating the Rams. Yeah. It was it's wild. Uh, all good times there in Detroit. Uh Timberwolves a 118-107 win over the Wizards. The Grizzlies took care of the Heat 105-96. In overtime, the Blazers got by the Rockets 137-131. Suns defeat the Mavericks 132-109, 46 points from Devin Booker. Thunder, a 140-114 win over the Spurs. SGA scored 32 points with 10 assists. And the Warriors, in their first game back since the passing of their assistant coach, a lot of emotions going on there. Uh, they defeat the Hawks 134-112. Let me ask you about uh, that Thunder-Spurs game, a matchup of the two favorites to be Rookie of the Year. I know early on in the season when Wimby was struggling, we were like, oh, yeah, great. We've got a great bet on, on, Chet. on yep. Chet Holmgren. But as as Wimby's kind of come on later in the season, do you, do you feel like now's the time to buy some Wimby stock? So you got a little bit of a portfolio here, or is is do you feel like maybe we've uh, that ship has sailed? I think the um, well, it's only minus one fifty on Wimby right now to be the rookie of the year. So I think you're I think that's a fair a good price, especially because we have the plus money on home yeah. green in pocket, as they say. So yeah, I think that. If it goes beyond, I wouldn't want to lay too much juice here on, on Weminyama. But at minus 150, I think it's okay considering we have north of plus 200 on Chet Holmgren already. I mean, he is just he is just such a focus for this yeah. Spurs team yep. that even when they're bad, he has a good night. Mm-hmm. And he's he's averaging a double-double, mm-hmm. uh, 20 points, 10, 10, 10 boards. And like last night, he had four blocks. Yeah. I mean, this guy is just a – he's a menace. Uh, so – I. I, I do think – I mean, it's almost a lock in my mind that it's going to be one of those two guys. It just, I would probably just hedge off at least some of your Holmgren exposure yep. uh, and make sure that, that Wimby doesn't run away with this thing. Tonight in the association, the Sixers are at the Pacers. Philly laying four and a half on the road. The Jazz are at the Wizards. Utah, seven and a half point favorites. Timberwolves visit the Nets. Minnesota laying four and a half. The Celtics are in Miami to take on the Heat. Boston – a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Nuggets are at the Knicks. Denver, a short one-and-a-half-point favorite, AJ. That is a short number, not a number you're, you're used to seeing next to the Nuggets, uh, which makes me worry a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> Kings are at the Warriors. Sacramento, minus one-and-a-half. And the Bulls at the Lakers. L.A. laying four-and-a-half. The system rides again, Scott, as Alabama comes through as a favorite over number eight Auburn 79-75 win for the Tide. Auburn, who, I mean, Alabama started out on fire. They were up 44-30 at halftime. Auburn made a fierce comeback, cut the lead to one with 13 seconds left. Mark Sears hit a couple of key free throws. He had 22 on the game, and Alabama gets a nice win over Auburn. Uh, Another upset, uh, this one, Northwestern, home 96, number 10 Illinois, 91 in overtime. Big home win for Northwestern. Marquette takes care of DePaul, 86-73. And number 22, Florida Atlantic, 69-56 winner over Rice in the Battle of the Owls. Number 23, Iowa State. I said maybe that number was getting a little too big. Uh, Nah, no problem. Iowa State covers 78-67 with a win over Kansas State there in Hilton. 
Uh, Nevada, 77. System. Number 24, Colorado State, 64. So 2-0 and yes. for the system yesterday. So, uh, updating the system, unranked home favorites against ranked opponents are now 15 and 8 straight up on the season 12 and 11 ATS. And finally New Mexico number 25 in the country. Man, they are really finding a groove. Uh 95-75 road win. That's a big deal for a New Mexico team who's looked at as a uh kind of a a, a home team only type mm. of team. Uh it looks like maybe they're becoming more than that. Well, there's no system play tonight. There is a road favorite, only one game in the top 25, and it is number nine, Arizona, laying 18 and a half points on the road at Oregon State. Oregon State one and six in the Pac-12, and Arizona's been a roller coaster. They've either lost games that they shouldn't have lost or, mm-hmm. or they blow teams out by 30. Uh, the market seems to think that we're going to get a blowout tonight. Yesterday morning, when we did our NHL segment, AJ, I talked about Carter Hart, the goaltender of the Flyers, taking a leave of absence from the team. Well, we now know why. Uh, Five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team have all taken a leave of absence from their current clubs in order to report to London, Ontario Police for uh, their investigation. So Carter Hart of the Flyers, Michael McLeod and Cal Foote of the Devils, uh, Dylan Dubé of the Calgary Flames, and former NHL player Alex Formentin, who now plays over in Europe. All five of those players, members of Canada's 2018 World Junior Team, they have all taken leave from their teams and reported to the London, Ontario Police. What are the charges? There, it's, it, it's an alleged sexual assault uh, allegation that occurred during the 2018 games. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. It's like he, th- I mean, I, who knows? I, I guess we should presume they're innocent and so proven guilty. But what happened was, is uh, London, Ontario police launched an, launched an investigation uh, in 2022 after word emerged. I'm reading from an ESPN article that Hockey Canada settled a lawsuit with a woman who said she was sexually assaulted by members of a t- of the team at a gala. So I guess they launched the investigation. They determined that these players were a part of it. And they summoned them to be, uh, to you know, let's talk. Boy. So we'll see what happens with those. But those players are all uh, taking leave from their teams. Well, that's not a fun hockey story. No, it's not a fun hockey story. But who, who, who does that affect? I mean, obviously, I guess it affects the Flyers. the Flyers the most. I mean, Michael McLeod is a decent player for the Devils. Um, you know, Cal Foot, not so much a big rotation guy for them. Um and then, you know, Dylan Dubé is okay. Uh, but it really does affect the Flyers the most because it means they're starting goaltender. Yeah. And uh, it, t- it turns out the Flyers are, are pretty good, uh, yeah. especially relative to expectations. Having a season. decent season. So, uh, yeah, that it, it hurts the Flyers the most right now if Hart doesn't return uh, to them. Uh, last night uh, on the ice, the Maple Leafs, a one nothing win in overtime against the Jets. Panthers, a 6-2 route of the Coyotes. Hurricanes beat the Bruins 3-2. Avalanche, a 6-2 win over the Capitals. Nathan McKinnon with his second four-goal game this season. In overtime, the Blues beat the Canucks 4-3. The Kraken, a 6-2 win over the Blackhawks. And the Sabres, a 5-3 win over the Kings. On the schedule tonight, the Islanders are at the Canadiens. New York's a minus 150 favorite. Now, what do you think about this, AJ? Patrick Waugh is the new head coach of the New York Islanders. All right. They won their first game under him. They lost 
their second game under him. They've lost what I mean, the new coach yeah. bounce was gone. New coach bounce was gone. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um Patrick Waugh is a son of Quebec. Mm-hmm. He is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He is one of the greatest members of the Canadiens franchise. Does this game mean more to him tonight? I'm sure it does. Does the team does the team does the team win for him tonight? Uh I'm gonna guess that they do. I mean, I, I don't know much about the Canadians, but I see I mean, does see like I'm looking at the line and the, the I mean these these teams are pretty close, uh like as far as record goes. It feels like you're paying a Patrick Waugh premium with minus one fifty on the road, right? <laughs> Patrick Waugh was talking to the media and he said, quote, I don't want it to be about me. Oh, that's such a lie. His return to... Uh, I don't want it to be about me, Patrick Waugh. He said, um, quote, we don't want to have any distractions. No morning skate in Montreal. The guys are going to stay at the hotel. They're going to be focused. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about the Islanders. We're going there to win a hockey game. We're not going there for the coach. It's for our team. That's the reason why I don't want us to go to the skate. They're going to ask questions about me. They're going to say this and that. I don't need this, and the team doesn't need that. I like that from my coach. I like it. Too. I like it. I mean, let me guess. Is this, this his first head coaching job? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it sounds like something like a first-time head coach would say. I like it. I like it. All right. Here now, we Mike go. Vrabel, what he would do is go be accepted into the, the Canadians Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about how great they do things there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Islanders minus 150 in Montreal tonight. The Bruins are at the Senators. Boston's minus 140. The Flyers at the Red Wings. Detroit. Minus 130. Okay, let's talk about that game for a second. Do we fade the Flyers here? We know they're going to be on a backup goalie. We know they're on a backup goalie for the second straight game. Is an over in play? Backup goalie that's now the starting goalie. Yeah, But is is there an over in play maybe? Um, Alex Leon is in net for Detroit, and he's been pretty good. He's got like a a 2.6 goals against average. Okay. Then let's just bet the Red Wings. I would bet. I would lean the Red Wings for sure. Let's go. Minus 130. Uh, Coyotes are at the Lightning, and Tampa's minus 210. Devils at the Hurricanes. Carolina minus 170. Ducks visit the Stars. Dallas minus 300. Predators at the Wild. Minnesota minus 120. Blue Jackets at the Flames. Calgary minus 195. And the Oilers. Look to keep their march towards history alive, looking for their 15th straight win. They host the Blackhawks. A.J. Edmonton is minus 525. Whoa. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Minus 525. So, let's see. This season, A.J., there's been four games where the line has been minus 500 or greater. Um it was the Golden Knights against the Sharks. They were minus 550. The Bruins against the Sharks, minus 530. <laughs> is this, the, this is the uh, non-Sharks yeah, category, yeah. the only time we've hit it. Oh, but then Oilers, Oilers, Blackhawks. So they played earlier oh, okay, this okay. season, and it was minus 500. Rangers, Blackhawks were minus 500. I'll give you a hint. Those minus 500 teams, what's their record in those four games? I'm going to guess 4-0. 4-0, correct. Uh, the under, 4-0. Okay. A lot of it has to do with the bad teams. Yeah, not scoring. Sure. I mean, that, that's more interesting to me than than paying the minus yes. five hundred something. So, so the Knights beat the Sharks five nothing. Bruins beat the Sharks three nothing. Oilers defeated the Blackhawks four one. Rangers defeated the Blackhawks four to one as well. So 
the unders are 4-0 because the team that is the dog, ain't, they ain't scoring. So we've already seen the Oilers-Blackhawks. Uh, What's the total here, 6.5? Yeah, 6.5. I think I like the under. I think I like the under as well, unless Edmonton just goes and scores like seven. Which they could, but I mean. mean, What about just doing a Blackhawks team total under, one and a half? (sighs) We'll give you one. Can't score more than that, though. Yeah, you might be right there. (laughs) All right. Well, you know what else is right? Saving money at pregame.com. That's right. Go to pregame.com right now and use our promo code BAGEL20. That's going to save you 20 what is it, $20? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was 20%. It's $20. That's an incredible deal. It's 20 free bucks. What? Yeah. So you can get a three-star best bet for $5. Yeah. This is too good to be true. Oh, well. Okay. It's true. I'm telling you it's true, friend. Bagel 20. $20 off any purchase at pregame.com. You a bagel man? Love bagels. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you can get a daily best bet, or you can maybe take $20 off a weekend or all access, or a seven-day all access, or anything. Take $20 off your purchase using the promo code BAGEL20 at pregame.com. For A.J. Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, who joined us, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.